Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we actually grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief, death, pain and agony, but with comedians. So it's not that depressing, I promise. It's bleak, but you'll laugh as well, which for me is a perfect night in. Each week on Griefcast, I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief, as we remember someone special that they have lost along the way. It's not easy to talk about death, but it does help if you've chosen a career designed to hide your true feelings about anything emotional. Whether it was long ago or you've just lost someone, Griefcast is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week, I'm talking to the amazing Adam Buxton. Adam created the Adam and Joe show, has starred in Hot Fuzz and Son of Rambo, and now hosts the immensely brilliant music video event, Bug. He came to speak to me at the start of this year about his dad, who passed away just a few months before. Welcome to Griefcast, Adam Thank you Buxton. very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here. Great pleasure to be in this strange, Almost coffin. windowless <laughs> room with uh, foam stuck to the wall yeah, we in are Camden. At, are we at Podcast London's tiny studio? Um, but I thought this would be better than trying to have a conversation about grief in a cafe, which yeah. I, I find awkward. Although, I mean... So if we're going to talk about grief, <laughs> yes, we should be in a room with sort of uh, Indian wall hangings. Oh yeah, with yeah. Some incense burning, some fairy lights. I should like have decorated. I'm sorry. Cultures and <laughs> next beliefs. time, the next person I do, I might like get some incense going. Yeah, but I didn't want it to feel too like whoa, weird. too creepy, or yeah. like you were expecting me to like do a séance. Right, exactly. Because I have the ability to look like I could conduct a séance. <laughs> I have to be careful about what I wear. I often look like... Do you uh, believe in that stuff? I used to believe in it a lot more. I've got a lot more cynical, but I think because I was quite young when I first encountered a lot of death. Uh-huh. So I was a teenager, so it was like, it really appeals to that teenage sense of mind of like, they're still here, you could talk to them like totally if you've got yeah, your friends around. Yeah, of course, it's very comforting. But then it also scares the shit out of me, so... Yeah. yeah. My you? mum always used to say... Don't ever have a seance and don't ever use a Ouija board. Oh, right. And, and the way she described it was especially frightening to me because we weren't particularly religious. Yeah. We would occasionally go to church and my dad would occasionally say, God be with you and things like yeah, that. But yeah. he stopped after a while. <laughs> she said, my mum, don't ever do a Ouija board because if there is a doorway <laughs> to another place, then that's it. Wow. And she made it sound like the other place wouldn't be fine. <laughs> it would be bad. And so I thought, right, I'm definitely not going through that uh, doorway. Yeah. Although I, in the end, I did. We did a couple of Ouija board things at school when we were about 15 or something. We felt that we'd got some... Some movement. Some contact. Yeah. What's your name? Spell out your name. B L A Z S. A-L-L. <laughs> you know, it's nonsense, right? But we were like, Blalas! It's bl- we've made contact with Blalas! Oh, Jesus, it's an ancient Egyptian spirit! Are you kind? Are you friendly, Blalas? Yes! He said yes! And then I, I tripped off to bed that night, feeling euphoric. Yeah. Feeling like, oh, we did it. I've made contact with the spirit world, and it's nice. It's nice. Oh They're kind. God. Thank Christ for that. <laughs> After a while. I don't know what happened. I think we did a couple more and I just thought this is nonsense. They're pushing the glass. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. See, I was always too scared because I thought it would suddenly go like D-A-D and yeah. I would just start screaming. Because the other thing my mum said, which which resonated as well, was like, it'll drive you nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not that ghosties will drive you nuts. <laughs> 
or evil spirits necessarily. Yeah. But you yourself will drive yourself nuts by worrying and wondering about these things oh, and, and, and being anxious that you have uh, breached some Portal. boundary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I, th- I could relate to that very much because, yeah. because you can certainly imagine yourself into a difficult place. Yeah, if you already have the ability to have an overactive imagination anyway. Yeah, I mean, not that I particularly do. <laughs> you do. You <laughs> believed in Balaza. Balaz. You quoted Balaz. <laughs> like, that's that's an imagination. Yeah. So well, maybe I've summoned him now by repeating God, I know. And now he's going to be angry because I'm mocking him. I am such a scaredy cat. Like, honestly, I really <laughs> can't watch scary films. That Even you talking about it just then, I was like, I mean, this would be the perfect place for Balazas to attack us. That's right. We are in a tiny black room full of sponge. <laughs> and that's what Balazas loves. He loves sponge. He loves dark coloured sponge. Obviously, this is Griefcast. So yeah. We do have eventually have to talk about Cheer death. down. Cheer down. Don't be too happy. Who are we remembering today? Well, Carrie, I'd, my Griefcast <laughs> subject is, yes. well, my, my dad. He died. Yep. I mean... I've only had a few people die on me so far. I'm 40, nearly 47, so that's not bad going. Yeah, it's good. But obviously the older you get, the more it happens and the, and the more intense the frequency. And certainly in 2016, there seems to be something weird about oh this year. Oh, my God. Holy Christmas. We are recording this the day after Prince, Prince passed away. And only a few days after Victoria Wood oh died God, as well. Yeah. Both of them very young, much too young. Previous to that, my dad died at the end of last year, 2015. Mm-hmm. And before that... I'd seen a guy stabbed to death. Oh my god! Um, when I was cycling home from work as a bartender in the West End one time, going back to Clapham, and just by um, a nightclub in Vauxhall, I paused at the lights, <laughs> and uh, these two guys were sort of running and fooling about. It looked to me like one of them kicked the other one up the arse. And then the fellow who'd been kicked up the arse turned around and I saw that he had a big knife, like a kitchen knife, oh suddenly my God. flashed. And and this whole thing happened very quickly. There was just a, a flurry and then the guy with the knife ran off and the other guy crumpled to the floor. It was all very weirdly undramatic. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was no sound or yeah. shouting or anything like that. And he just sank to the pavement and I, I went over to him and I said, are you all right, mate? And... I saw that um, he wasn't all right. He'd been stabbed, and uh, and he didn't say anything. And, and and very quickly, a few people came over, and uh, you know, I called an ambulance, and he just sort of didn't say anything and just expired, and breathed out, and and that was it. He died oh very God. quickly, and he was a young guy, you know, yeah, yeah, um, late teens, early twenties. It was really shocking, and so I was very shaken up by that, and then ended up sitting in a in a room in a police station for several hours. Oh, God, yeah. Um, waiting for them to take my statement and um, just feeling completely freaked out. Listen to the Doobie Brothers to try and cheer myself up. <laughs> <laughs> Long train running. I was listening to, but I was like, what the, what the shit was that? Are you okay with the swearing on this no, podcast? No, I'm very okay with swearing. Right. You have to, it's death. You can't not sure, swear. Sure, exactly. You've got to swear at death. It was shocking how banal it was, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how much the opposite of everything you see on TV and in films it is. If you haven't seen somebody die, that is one of the biggest things of that. It is nothing like you've ever seen on yeah. TV or film. It's so normal and so weird and it just happens. Like, it's just gone. They're yeah. not. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's very hard to describe if you haven't sort of seen it. The best person... <laughs> Have you ever seen I, Claudius? The, like, the BBC version? Not for years. 
I watched it um, <coughs> with my mum, who it's like her, one of her favourite shows. And Brian Blessed oh, yeah. in that dies. I think he's playing Augustus, and he's like. I imagine he does an understated exit. Well, he does one of the best deaths. Does he? Yeah, I've ever seen because he li- he's the first time I've actually seen his eyes are open and he does that thing where the eyes are open but they're not there. Oh, okay. Which I've never seen that to you know you see them not breathe or you yeah. see them kind of like close their eyes or go completely floppy. He does that thing where you go, oh, they're not. They're not there. Uh-huh. And I was like, and it's a close-up shot of his face, pure 1970s, no effect. You know, it's just Blessed's face in full view. And I was like, bloody hell, Blessed. That genuinely looks like you've died. Yeah. But maybe because he's so full of life, he knows how to turn it off or something. I don't know. So that was your, was that your first experience of death and watching it was, someone get yeah. stabbed? God. I mean, you know, I, hard, I'd obviously had grandparents and my auntie and people like that died, but I wasn't there. Right. Um, and then a really cl- close friend of mine who I'd lost contact with, he died of, a, of an overdose, and it was very uh, out of the blue. And his sister, who I used to go out with, who I was really in love with, wrote to me and told me. And it was such... I, I wasn't expecting it at all. And I, I just... It was like someone had flicked a switch, you mm. know, and I just started crying immediately. And then it was the same when I went to the funeral just feeling as if you were out of control and and someone had just turned on a tap you know and it, and it oh, was oh yeah all yeah there's nothing just you coming can do out. there was nothing you could do even talking about it now and and I've noticed since my dad died and then since Bowie died as yeah, well yeah yeah which I talked about on my podcast amazing Bowie podcast that you did was, oh yeah thanks yeah, which I cried at as well Bowie definitely became a replacement dad for me oh yeah because even my dad passed away when I was 15, but I realised that I invented this thing that if Barry was with me, I was okay. And I don't think I could quite bring myself to say, that's my dad. But like I, I used to have a T-shirt I wore underneath things to be like, he's of someone's with me today. But yeah, once he goes, it, do, it, you, it does bring up everything again. It's very weird. Yeah. And I think, I, I feel like the older you get as well, less able you are to control those kinds of emotions especially well obviously because you what you're going through it's it was very recent yeah and I think that first year is really everything's just I remember the only way I can start is just so raw like I felt like two layers of skin were off so who was it that you lost then so the main one is my dad there was very like there are lots of relatives went in like a, a very short period of time so yeah and my dad because I was 15 when he died yeah. and uh, it was very quick oh man that's terrible which as I get older I now 15. realize at the time I was like 15 what's 15 I'm a grown up but obviously now I'm in my 30s I'm like god I was a baby well but, it's your worst nightmare when yeah. you're that age yeah yeah it really is and it was very quick so he died he was diagnosed with cancer in the February and dead by the April oh my goodness yeah which is pancreatic there's no symptoms and and did you know uh, as soon as he was diagnosed or did your mum and your dad not tell you? Or No, well, uh, <laughs> with pancreatic, often what happens is it spreads. So he was diagnosed initially with liver cancer. So he literally went yellow because there's no symptoms of the pancreatic. So often it will be the next thing that shows up. So they treated him for liver cancer for ages and everyone was like, oh, he's going to have chemotherapy, we're going to do this. And then once they found out it's pancreatic, they were, everyone was like, oh. I think people did try to tell me, but... I just it, it just couldn't take it in at all, you know. It was just like. And were you with him at the end? Yes, yeah, we all were. Yeah, we were yeah. all around there. Yeah, because he was very like the last week he was really in a hospice and not there at all. So we were there, we were there every day. I think I mean, it blurs into one. Like I don't know if you find this trying to remember 
the around the moment is very different. I still find a bit can't quite separate memories from what day it was. And I remember it quite clearly at the moment. Yeah, I think, but it was a long. I mean, my dad was living at home with us for a while. And so, what? Like, how did he die? What was he? Well, he was old for a start. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, nearly ninety-two. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's amazing. He had done quite well. He got mesothelioma, I think you say. It's a kind of cancer of the lining of the lung. Oh, okay. Commonly associated with uh, asbestos inhalation. Oh, well. It's often an industrial yeah. disease, and you can, um, you know, you can kind of sue people for it yeah, and yeah. get compensation and stuff. But I don't think that's why he got it. Okay. Like the doctor said, oh, um, did you ever work with asbestos? He said, I have ripped out some asbestos once from a shed. And they're like, well, maybe it was that. Yeah. I don't think that that's how you get mesothelioma no. or whatever from f- just one time exposure to... A friend of mine's mum had that and she worked at an asbestos factory. Yeah, well, that's Like, that's different. what killed her. Yeah, there was the... Yeah, I think know. it has to be fairly sustained. Anyway, what do I know? And then they sort of go, oh, did you ever smoke? Yeah, he used to smoke. You know, he was yeah. in the war. He used to smoke it up. But he hadn't done for years. I mean... They don't know. They're guessing at the end of the day. Yeah, that's very much what we... I think once you've been through it with the medical side of it, obviously they do everything they can, but what I really learned very quickly was they don't know. And no. again, the, the films make out like people know and they say, he's got six weeks. They, they don't. They go, well, we don't know. He's very ill. No, what they yeah. do note is... And they gave him a very bleak prognosis, which was one of the reasons that I said he should move in with us. Right, yeah. Because I was like... I was shocked and upset, you know, and I thought, well, I want him here with us as much as possible. And he wanted that too, you know. Plus, there wasn't really much point in getting treatment, you know, with his Mm. condition. Um, So he didn't need to be in hospital and he didn't want to be. So he came to live with us. But in the end, he actually outlived his prognosis by quite some months. Wow. So that we got into a weird situation where at a certain point I thought well this could go on for years <laughs> well what have I done <laughs> and yeah because it was really you know it was a upheaval obviously yeah yeah of course what and was the prognosis was, then was it like the prognosis was like three months wow yeah. and how long did he sort of survive past that he lived in the end for about mm, 10 11 months and right at the end though in the last month or something that's when they can be quite accurate yes yeah and that's yeah. when they say Probably you're looking at, you know, 10 days, two weeks. Wow. And that was right, you know. Because yeah. when certain things start shutting down, when people stop eating yes, properly, yeah. and, and certainly when they stop drinking, then you know that they've probably only got a few days. Yeah. And then you can start to prepare yourself. Yes, they definitely, once those first, those last three days, I think I've noticed with other people and my dad, like you do start going, oh, yeah, it's... It's, it's happening where yeah. now there's no going back now. And, so they, and that's when they bring the black box in. <laughs> if people out there have known people with cancer and um, they'll, they'll know about the box and that's what they bring in to manage the pain. Yeah. If the pain gets too severe, then you have this emergency box. That, um, the local nurses can come round and uh, unlock and they can administer a sort of super whammy of um, pain relief but what a creepy idea I hated the idea of the the black box just like I just how many people use the black box (laughs) 
It's like, well, 50, 50 percent. Yeah. Use the box. Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's very um, it's very storybook ominous. It really box. is. It's like, oh, right, okay. like Don't open the box. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever open the box. I don't want to open the box. Thanks. What do they think? You're going to get bored, yeah. have a couple of beers and go and <laughs> drink whatever's in the box. I mean, that's the thing that it crossed my mind. Yeah, like, of course. If I cause... wanted to, I could open the box. Yeah. Just chug down whatever's in there whatever's in and there. then check out. Bang. <laughs> Not that I want to, but I could. And it's so weird. It's like I was talking to Richard Herring the other day about these occasional horrible thoughts that go through your oh, mind. Oh, God, yeah. The compulsive human thoughts. Right. Yeah. Things like... I could, if I wanted to, do this terrible thing. Yeah. Right? And, of course, most of us, I'm glad to say, don't. And <laughs> it's part of the way the brain works, presumably, that you are... It's testing you, yeah. Testing you, when yeah. you're rehearsing these yeah. things in order that you can bypass them and you can say, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm not a psychopath. Not today. <laughs> but you still have those thoughts, you know. Yeah. And it's like it was like that. It was just like, oh, I've got the death box there. I could just... Uh, Help myself. But anyway, no, in fact, it was different for my dad. He wanted to be more lucid. Um, and he wasn't in a great deal of pain, I'm, gra- I'm glad to say. Oh, that's you know, good, he, yeah. He wasn't, it wasn't party time, but he was. some people obviously suffer a great yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm glad to say he wasn't one of them. Yeah, he wanted to take less and less, and he found some of the, um, some of the stronger pain relief to be quite upsetting because it screws around with your mind. Yeah, it really sends them out completely out of it and then I think you get into like they don't quite know if they've died or what the fuck's going on which right. yeah can be really distressing you know that poem by Philip Larkin which one the, I think is it the old ones or the building anyway he does, he talks about people in a home care home you know, oh, in a right. no, I don't know. and he describes them as being in a state of thin continuous dreaming Oof. and uh, it's really Shocking, and it, you know, it was Larkin obviously wrestling with his own yeah. anxieties about mortality, which he did a great deal. And the, you know, there's a line in there about wondering if they know what's happening to them. Mm. And then he sort of says, "If they do know, and they must know, why aren't they screaming?" Um, oh, God, yeah. And it's that's that's the horrific thing for me. You know, that's what I really worried about with my dad was, yeah. is he going to panic? Yeah. Is he going to lose his shit yeah. and be overwhelmed by fear? And he didn't. You know, that's not to say that he wasn't clearly distressed at certain points and, and that he went in and out of strange states, partly because of the drugs. Yeah. But he was never freaking out in that way, which, which was a huge relief to me. I mean, I, I would hope that that was partly to do with the fact that he was with us and that he was at home. I think being at home, it makes a huge difference. Uh-huh. Like, it can really that, I, And I really should say help. as well that I hate the idea that anyone would listen to me saying that and think, oh, that's what I should do. They, oh, no, you know, no, it has to like be you, right. You, you have to do what you have yeah. to do, you know. And there were very many points as well where I thought, I can't, this is not working. Yeah. And also when my dad was saying, all right, well, put me in a home then, you know. Yeah. Like, I'd rather be there than than have to deal with this or that hassle, you know. Yeah. Like, well, fine, okay. I mean, that would be a better idea and, you know, we'll come and visit you and those people will take proper care of you because at certain points I thought, I'm not qualified to deal with all this yeah. shit. You should be with people who can The things that you're asked better. to do when, because uh, my mother-in-law um, passed away at her house and we were looking after and, like, it's so overwhelming. It's not right for everybody. Yeah, and you are by no means 
letting anybody down. No, no. You know, if yeah. you go and you get help, that's what these people are there for. And they're great. They're amazing. They are amazing. You know? Yeah. When you see those people who deal with it on a daily basis, how yeah tough they are and how strong they can be about yeah an ill dying person. Whereas I think, especially if you love them, it's very difficult to separate that. They do such an invaluable yeah. service. And it's not like they're all people that you would necessarily want to hang out with. No, some of them are pretty tough. <laughs> you get the yeah. occasional one who comes. There was one guy who came round. I don't think he was not a Macmillan guy. Actually, he was he was from another caring age. He came pretty close to the end, actually. And one of the worst things was when my dad couldn't really move and get out of bed and stuff. Yeah. And but he still needed to go to the toilet and stuff. So there would be a complicated procedure. I won't go into too much detail. But this guy was helping me with it, and my dad would be kind of moaning and groaning. And and this guy looked so. And I was obviously found it very stressful and upsetting. And this guy looks over and he goes, hang on a second, I know you. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, and which, is, which is the worst one in real oh life anyway. Oh, my God. When some, someone dimly thinks they know you and, you're, and you don't want to say, oh, well, I'm on TV, I'm famous. Because that's probably incredible. that's not how they know you. Maybe they know you from, you've, you know, bought a pint off them. Or yeah, I don't know yeah, what, yeah. they know you from some other way. So you don't want to presume that, oh, you've seen me on TV. So I'm like... And especially at that moment, I was like, no, Jeez. I don't think you do. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, you look very, very familiar, though. I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe, <laughs> do you watch 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown? <laughs> I'm on that sometimes. Dictionary Corner. Do you ever go to live, live comedy? Yeah. This thing called Bug. Do you it's like really music good. videos? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, we kind of, uh, we show the latest music videos. Sometimes we do specials. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Hot Fuzz? I get killed by a church. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my dad's moaning and groaning there, so Jeez. maybe we should get back to that. That's the worst I've ever <laughs> heard of that question, because that question is always awful. That is really bad. The worst I have, when they was they were selling, after she, uh, my mother-in-law passed away, they had to sell the family home, and it was very traumatic. And I went round to help, you know, we're still clearing up stuff, and there was just stuff everywhere. And the estate agent said to me, he went, oh, uh, Krakenori. <laughs> I was like, What? And everyone's crying, and <laughs> I'm like packing away like this, you know, all these plates. Crackenory, yeah, well. which like really obscure Dave series that I did two series of, yeah. yeah, but not 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 hugely well known. And I was like, uh, yeah, and he went, yeah, yeah, you're in the one with uh, Jack D did. I was like, yeah, 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 I am. Um, oh, I love that show, brilliant. Anyway, Lisa, I've looked around the house. Tell you what it's worth. That was the strain. I thought that was really weird, but it, you. He was quite young, and I could see that he just it came out of his mouth before he he, and then he did sort of realise. But over your dad, that is what was it, what was he thinking? And my dad was a little bit out of it at the time, oh, no. and I felt it was so frustrating because I just wanted to look at my dad and just go, "What the flip what the fu- is yeah. going on?" and get some reaction from him because my dad would have found that very funny if yes. he'd been totally together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would have just thought. Give me a break. Because he would be, uh, he didn't like having people helping. He was quite brusque with a lot of the people that came round and he'd have a chest drain to drain his lung and these Plurex drains. And he was always convinced that they didn't know how to use them properly (laughs) and would sort of say, have you ever used one of these before? And sometimes they would say, no, but I've looked at a video on YouTube. And he'd go, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and I'd go, Dad, 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 they're doing their best. Don't worry. 
Yeah. I was always very trusting. I was like, listen, just they'll they'll be fine. And he's like, well, will they? <laughs> I don't want them to stick it in the wrong lung or whatever. Did you find the humor? It does become almost sitcom esque. Yeah. They don't give a shit anymore. No, they don't. That's that's why they suddenly become yeah. really funny. They, they don't geniuses. care at all. Like, and the, yeah, the, I think even the the last night for my dad, there was a guy because at that point he needed round the clock, uh, yeah, attention, obviously, or, or you know, and so sometimes I would be sleeping just down the way or in his room, but then on nights I couldn't do that. Then we'd we'd get someone to sit with him through the night. On that night, this guy came in and he looked like something out of a Julia Davis oh, God. Uh, sitcom. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just a, a total character, like he'd just come out of Nuts in May or something. And he had a ponytail. And oh he, my. he was like my dad's total idea of a, a nightmare person. Yeah. My dad, very conservative. Yes. And old school, you know. And this guy comes in, he's got his biker leathers. <laughs> he's come on his motorbike. Oh, God. And he's obviously some sort of groovy guy who's sort of thought, I'm going to care for people. That's what I'm going to do, man. I'm just going to care for a lot of people. I'm care for them. It's my calling. Uh, Which is a really nice thing to do, you know. But he came in and I said, this is Kevin. He's going to be watching out for you tonight, Dad. And my dad just took a look at him and went, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And Kevin sort of goes... Oh, okay. Um, and you know, sometimes people can, they're, they're used to all that. Yeah, they don't care, yeah. it just bounces off them. Kevin, but wasn't Kevin was like, oh. Oh, all right, uh, I'll just uh, I'll sit over there then. And uh, he's like, Would you like me to read to you, Mr. Buxton? And I, No. And I was thinking, Don't ask him any questions, just Kevin. Just ignore it's him, not just ignore go him. Well. Yeah. Just, just be there, give us a shout if he starts freaking out, and that's all you need to do. But, oh, my uh, God. You know, he's like, uh, I was worried he was going to stop. So, oh, I brought my guitar, Mr. Buxton. <laughs> I could play a medley of sad songs, if you'd like. What do you think about that? Or something a bit more up-tempo, something a bit more fun. Do you like Fairport Convention, Mr. Yes. Buxton? <laughs> I'm happy to go there. Do you like Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> I always find Sand of Silence goes down well in these situations. I, I found it very irritating because I would then worry about them. So that you're supposed to be exactly. worrying about the person who's sick, but you'd exactly. be like, oh, are you, are you all right? Like, Because yeah. you know someone's been so rude. And so you're trying to be like, oh, I hope I'm offended your feelings. And you're like, why am I not having to fucking worry about you? Like, I need to worry about the person who's dying. But you get very English about it. And yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was um, it was really hard sometimes. And I I mean, I did apologize a couple of times to people who were pro- probably perfectly fine. And as yeah. I say, they see it all the time. But I did say, you know, I'm sorry, you can be a bit curt. (laughs) I think when you're 92, I think anybody can accept, like, oh, you're okay, you're from a different generation. Like, the colonel is unhappy, that's okay. Yeah, I guess so, I guess so. But again, in films, it's always different. There's always a a point at which that irascible so-and-so softens. Yes, and says to Kevin, I'm sorry, Kevin. And says, yes, (laughs) play play the sound of silence one more time, (laughs) Kevin. Kevin has one tear. Do you know any Leonard Cohen? <laughs> I've always hated Leonard Cohen, but now I'd love to hear something. <laughs> I, I feel like Kevin is really looking for that moment, to be fair. He really is. He's hoping for that moment. That's true, isn't it? That's probably so, got to be in the back of your yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. It isn't. Obviously, these people are selfless. <laughs> They're angels, and I am not in any way denigrating what they do. But no, no. one um, or two of them is probably looking for that epiphany, yeah. that uh, moment of... Well, what I like is when you, when you, because when you are caring for someone, you do meet such a succession of them. And what I found interesting was 
for some of them it's such a job and those were the ones I sort of found really interesting of like they're just very matter of fact and yeah I've had enough I'll finish at four right like. and you can burst into tears in front of them yeah they don't and, care. <laughs> I mean they do I'm sure they do care some but, do yeah obviously but they but they don't lose their shit no no not at and all. they don't like they're not awkward yeah. I, I, I cried in front of a, a nurse and she was really cool actually she didn't like there was not a twitch on her face betraying yeah. any kind of discomfort and they don't sort of try and stop you no. they just sort of let you do so it so it's like they, okay. they she wasn't embarrassed or yeah. awkward or anything it was just like you, you go ahead you know yeah. and don't worry about it no they are amazing people yeah. so did he passed away at home yeah were you were you, all of you there were you, like no it was it was bad timing we'd be, yeah. we'd had a um my brother had had come up. My brother and sister had come up to do shifts, you know, in the last um, days. But they, you know, they they live in London. They have to work, you know, and they didn't know how much we're going to have to get off work and all this kind of stuff. So plus we were there, and so they thought, okay, you got it covered. So they went back to London. But then he took a real nosedive, and I and I phoned up and said, listen, I think you should get back because I'm not sure he's got that much longer. But but actually, it was that afternoon. Oh gosh. Uh, that he died, and it was um, really a, a surprise because um, I feel like I didn't know any of this stuff. It was so much of it was a surprise to me. I, w- I do wish I'd known more about it, and I do wish I'd heard other people talking about it. And it is weird how, I mean, I do think in in the modern age, people can be too open and talk yeah. too much about important things mm-hmm. that maybe should not be talked about quite so freely my dad which I spoke about on my podcast was certainly a believer in trying to keep a lid on things to a degree right because then it becomes it's it can sometimes devalue things if they're spoken about too freely yeah absolutely on the other hand I think there are certain things and death is a big one that we you know it's coming to all of us and we should we should get ourselves in some kind of right place. And it's not a fun thing to think about, obviously. But it is, I find it personally very comforting to talk about it with other people and um, to get their perspective on it. So I I hope that that's what I'm doing rather than being indiscreet. He was pretty zonked out on the last day and he was kind of um, talking a certain amount of babbly bullshit Mm. and it was as if his mind was replaying little sections of his life you know and there was just samples of yeah some things make sense don't they you catch things you think oh that's that's that okay yeah Yeah. and he wasn't really communicating properly with, Mm. with me um but i was just sort of in the room and but occasionally he would look at you and make a connection and and say something. And in fact, one time that day, I sort of said, "Hey, you're back." And it was really, but it was a fleeting moment, you mm. know. And then, and then, then he would sort of go back into his own space. And but there were a couple of moments. You know, my dad was very. He was quite a, uh, as I've said, old school, taciturn. Not a very well. He was quite emotional. Like he was, he was, like I've become. And I, I realize now that I'm a lot like him in that he would get sort of emotional and weepy occasionally about things, which was very much at odds with how he was the rest of the time. I mean, I don't know, a bit of Mickey Mouse psychology would probably tell you that that's probably because if you spend a lot of time pushing these things down or keeping a lid on them, then they 
burst out in a different bit ways. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's that. I don't know. You know, I had this fantasy in my mind that when he came to live with us, it was we were going to break through all that, yes, and yeah, it would yeah. be me and him sitting up till the early hours. Uh, having scotch and morphine and <laughs> talking about everything and, and, and yeah. saying, you know, getting everything out. Yeah. Bonding in a way that we never really did before that, except in, in little moments. But, of course, life is seldom like that. And you realize more and more that you have to value those little moments all the more because very seldom do you get a yeah. cathartic, cinematic bonding moment. Yeah. You have to really set store by those fleeting moments yeah. of connection. It's easy to think, oh, because of films, like I'll get a moment, and and to, like you said, to not know how confused those last hours are, how get those tiny moments of lucidity, but you're not going to get that massive conversation sometimes. No, not just... to say no one ever does. No, no, I'm sure true. it happens sometimes, but well, it didn't happen to me. I think it's just more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah my daddy, even, even when he was, I was still saying mental stuff. That like, yeah. like planning a holiday. It was like, right next year, and my mum was like, I was like, you're like, you're dying, dying. Yeah. Like, can we please have a conversation about that? It's yeah. Well, yeah. I guess, I guess when you're in that spot, you do, you want to just keep your mind on other things. I yeah. Guess. And he, my dad was focused on selling his house. Right. He wanted to get all his affairs in order before he went. He hated the idea that we would have be, be um, too much snowed under by right. admin and all that kind of stuff but luckily there wasn't a great deal to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to sort out there wasn't he didn't have much I, I kept on saying every time he would mention it I was like mate don't worry it's fine it's yeah. fine we've got it and oh, yes but I don't want to I don't want to I was like don't worry about it oh yeah you look so fretful don't be so fret you know if you're fr if you're fretting because you're frightened then then tell me no, you know, then, then let me know. And he said, no, 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 it's not that. I was like, why are you fretting? So many things. <laughs> so that was really, I felt bad, you know, I just wanted, I just wanted to. Well, you just want to soothe. Yeah. And it's something you can't soothe. My <laughs> mother-in-law was very, again, had been very good and sorted out as much as she could because what happened with my father-in-law, like, like they didn't have email passwords. Stuff like, I always think this is like, tell someone your email passwords. <laughs> like, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, there is all this tiny little bits and pieces that... Yeah, the admin post-death um, oh. is quite a massive yeah. bottom pain. So can you remember that moment after, like, after he passed away? Do you remember next hour? Do you remember that particularly? Yeah, I remember it very clearly. I mean, it was really weird because the nurses... Uh, he could no longer swallow properly, right, so yeah. they had come round to—I forget what they call it—the the push, the push. Oh yes, I know thing. what you mean. I I yeah, anyway, yeah. it's a—it's a basically like a little machine that administers intravenous drugs uh, at a regular basis for pain relief. And um, he, he, the nurses came round to, to to hook it up, but in the process, they sort of shifted him around. And he was complaining, like he would complain very loudly whenever he was moved. Right, yeah. yeah. In a way that sounded as if he was in agonizing pain. Yeah. Right? And I would say, are you, is this, are you like in agony? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I wanted to say, is there any way you could not make those yeah. agonizing pain <laughs> they're, sounds they're then? Driving my heart because into the grave, yeah. They're, they're shocking for everyone around. And I know that's a little selfish, but if there's any way you could moderate <laughs> the screaming, that would be great. I didn't say that, obviously. And at one stage, though, he did he did at least articulate 
the fact. And he said, sorry, I make all these noises. I just, you know, it, I think for, from his point of view, he didn't want to stifle anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that thing of just, if you feel normally, under normal circumstances, if you, you would, felt a bit you of would discomfort, hold back, you yeah. would sort of go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Make sounds yeah. like that, maybe. But under those circumstances, he was just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> you know? He just let it out. This is fine. I'm just going to yell. I think there's nothing people don't realise is that the sounds, they sound like animals in pain. They really do. And there's something in your guts that makes you go, like, that. I have to help something. Someone's in yeah. your human reaction is like them. Yes. And I find that very hard to, yeah it, it, very distressing it's really, very distressing it goes right through you I, it's like a, it's a, for me it's the same as a baby scream like yeah. you, they've ever banged their head or something and they make that horrible like something's mm. been done to me and you go <gasps> like you it's a really awful sound and you're already feeling so emotional and you are just like Jesus Christ absolutely what more do I have to deal with no, those like, are the those are the things that amongst the things that make me catch my breath when I remember them yeah, now and, yeah. and, and make my heart turn to ice. So those are the memories of those uh, cries. Mm. And uh, it was really bad. Even though, you know, I, I said to him on a number of occasions, like, you know, Dad, if you make those noises, then it, it pe people think that you're really in trouble. So, and he's like, I'm sorry about you. Anyway, so the nurses were saying, oh, he's in... Because sometimes they would come out and say... Oh, he's really bad today. Yeah, they do love to say things like that, oh, don't they? You're like, really is he? Oh, God. He's in a lot of pain. Yeah. I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's not in a lot of pain. I think he just makes a lot of noise. Yeah, I think he's just having and a moment. And they were saying, oh, right, okay. <laughs> anyway, so these nurses came around to fit, fit the, um, the, the pump thing. He was in distress because he didn't like to be moved. And then... Once they'd gone, you know, they were saying, don't worry, he'll calm down once the pain relief kicks in. Yeah, you know? yeah. A and he was breathing very quickly, and and he got a kind of thousand-yard stare on him, mm -hmm. like the Brian Blessing yeah, stare, right? Yeah. A little bit like that, except he was clearly alive, and but but he he was rattling. He was, yeah, you the know, rattle, was again, the, people the, don't... The death rattle, yeah. right? And, you, and I was like, wow, that sounds... <laughs> sounds because bad. it sounds exactly like rattling, and you're like, oh, it's like a death rattle. But surely... I don't know. You sort of think, oh, this can't be the famous death rattle. Mm. Anyway, and it's really loud and persistent. And I was just m alone with him in the room and, and it wouldn't stop. And um, it was freaking me out. So I, I sort of went into the other room and, uh, and then I sat there for a little bit just to try and get my shit together. And then, and then it, the, the thought flashed across my head, like, he, he, you wouldn't want him to die while you're sat in the other room. So I got up and I went back. I'd been out there like four minutes, five minutes. And when I got back, he was he, he, he was just breathing in a very unusual mm. and uh, robotic way. And, 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 and I couldn't, you know, I was sort of saying, hey, hey, I was talking to him, but there was no response whatsoever. And he was totally zoned out in the, the you know, the thousand yard stare. So then I knew I was in trouble, or he was in trouble. We were in trouble. There was trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and then I called the ambulance, and I described what was going on. And I, went, I was like, and they said, okay, we'll be, we'll be there as quick as possible. Then like 20 minutes went by, and then, and then he died. Mm. And I won't describe the exact moment, but it was very odd and... Uh, 
it was really weird and it was not how I expected it to be at all and and you know there was no sort of final moment of connection in that way mm. although we'd had a, a, a moment of connection earlier on in the day he'd sort of squeezed my hand and kissed it and um, so that was that was it, I suppose, as far as that went. Everyone I know, the moment is not no, exactly. before they go. It's always like four hours beforehand. There's a moment, yeah. they open, they look, and you're like, oh, they're looking at me. And then whether it's a kit or a, sun, a squeeze, that's your moment. That's your moment. But, and you sort of think, but I think what it does is trick you. Cause you go, oh, they're, oh, they're still there. Oh, there's hope. Maybe not today. You know, it's sort yeah, of full, yeah, yeah. which maybe is what, why it's there, so that you can get through that day. Right. You know, I don't know, like human instinct. there's so much up and down as well. Oh, that's the, so much, Because sometimes, yeah. you know, he really rallied in the last week or so, my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we had thought, oh, God, he's slipping off. And then, and then suddenly he was much more lucid mm. for a few days. But so anyway, that, that afterwards, in the, afterwards, in the hours, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the moment afterwards, I was just like, where have you gone? Where have you gone? Are you there? I couldn't believe that he that he wasn't there. I was like, hey, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hello. <laughs> for quite a while. Wow. I was like, hey, 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 come on. What? Come on. Get it together. Hey, can it's... you hear me? And then I was just like talking to myself. Or then I was just sort of wildly hoping or imagining you know all the things you know mm. and the rational things if you're if you're not someone who believes in these things you know all of that goes out of the window oh completely and yeah. i was just grabbing onto i was just like entertaining any possibility yeah. maybe he's floating around maybe he's in a tunnel yeah. maybe he's uh, you know smiling somewhere i was just like well listen if you are and so I was just saying You're talking, stuff. Talking, yeah, I totally know what you mean. You just shout things. Yeah, I, you might not be, but if you are, I just want you to know I love you. Just yeah. say, even though you're not here, but in, just in case, like, oh exactly. my god, yeah, the talking to yourself is. But you, but I always think, why not? Why not? Just in case, sure. Like, who fucking knows? Like, and you're also talking to yourself, of yeah, course. Exactly. And you're also yeah. trying to give yourself a hug. Yeah. So, and then I was just fairly shocked I suppose freaked out and then went in, into the house and told my wife and told the children and they were upset you know but I mean they didn't spend a huge amount of time with him so mm. they weren't like freaking out so they were okay about it and it wasn't an atmosphere of total hysteria you yeah. know and then you get on with all the sort of automatic bits of calling the oh yeah and the ambulance never showed up oh how weird and so I called them back, like, after I thought yeah. he'd died. I was like, hey, how you doing? Hello? Yeah, I called for an ambulance, like, 25 minutes ago. And they said, oh, is that Mr. Buxton? And I said, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, we're sorry to hear about your father's death. I was like, well, he wasn't dead when I called. <laughs> but I guess they must have, from from the description I'd given yeah. on the phone that time, they must have known Yeah, that's it. He's, there's like yeah we don't need to yeah we, we can't save this person right yeah but it was very odd anyway and so then the next thing is call the GP or call the district nurses and and they called the undertaker I think that had all been got in place beforehand right yeah and then uh, they come round I didn't really want to see him anymore you know yeah didn't want to deal with all that stuff. I think it's weird. Some people, again, in films, you know, some people are hanging on to the cadaver yeah. and raining it with kisses and grabbing onto it. But I, 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 it's 
I agree with the people who say, you know, once they've checked out, you really, it's not them at all. No, anymore. that's how I definitely feel like it's just, it's like talking to a chair. It's like, yeah. well, why would I hug a chair? It's not right. my dad and this thing is not my dad anymore. Like it's, yeah, it's very strange. A very strange experience to look at somebody who's who's left. Yeah, You yeah. know, and that body is just, I mean, it's such a, I thought, I remember thinking it's such a cliche because they do say, oh, it's just a shell that carries you around. And, right. But it's not until you see it, you go, oh, no, fair enough. I can see why people say that because it is. It's like, and it is the, like I said, this Brian Blessed thing, I think it did so well. It's the eyes. You just go, oh, they're not there. They're not there. But it's the weirdness I found when the, the stri- like, it's just, everything's so weird. It's yes. Just, like, what is happening? What is this? Like, yeah, yeah. And also, it's frightening because you, it's frightening for lots of reasons because you know that one day it'll be you. Yeah. And it's frightening because you you don't know how to feel and you are worried that you're not a good person because you don't feel the right thing. Oh god, yeah, cuz you're so numb for about 2 yeah. weeks, I think. You just you say all these things and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. who is saying these things? You're just parroting like things you've seen in films like, well, you know, it was you he do. wasn't in yeah, pain you fall and back that was on all good. That. Yeah. He had a good innings. Yeah. All this sort of stuff. Oh, the stuff I said like, well, you know, it's very active, so it's good it was fast because he wouldn't have wanted to be ill for so long. Of course, no, it was very... You know, all the, And I remember my friend at the time going, you're dealing with it really well. And I was like, I'm not even... I, like, some yeah. an actor is playing me <laughs> like right now. I'm really not doing anything. I'm doing social conventions yeah. one-on-one. Yeah, it's very strange. But that's what they're there for, isn't it? Totally. To like, get you to, yeah. to move you past those moments. Because it's difficult for other people <clears throat> as well to know how to respond. Because sometimes people want... You never know. Some people might want you to start crying and give them yeah. a hug and hold on to them and yeah. rock back and forth and sing songs. But, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have wanted that. No. And most no. people correctly surmise that maybe something a little more low-key is appropriate. And funnily enough, the word condolence and condolences was m- one of my favorites. Yeah. And I really thought this is when people would say, oh, you know, sincere condolences and, and when they would email me and stuff. Those were the ones I liked best. Pretty yeah. short. And um, and I also found before I had an experience, when I would see condolence, I'd be like, oh, it's so infant. Yeah, what is yeah. that? You don't even care. But actually, it's the, it, when it's you, you're like, thank you. Like, that's yeah. what I need. So you're sorry there's been a death. Exactly. That's and what it means. It's like, yeah, it's I'm really thinking nice. about you. I feel your pain. Yeah. But I don't want to go over the top and I don't want to make it worse. And plus, maybe I didn't know them well enough yeah, to, to yeah. write a big, long thing. Yeah. And I don't know how you're feeling. And you must be feeling really weird. And here's a word that sums <laughs> all of that everything up. Everything up. Yeah. And when they would say, like, pass my condolences on to your family, I found that really touching as well. Because I was like, you understand it's not just me. You understand it's affecting us all. I did a thing on Bug, uh, reading out comments for a REM video, uh, Everybody Hurts. And there's some guy on there who told a story about having to being forced to break up with a girlfriend or something. It's kind of a sad little anecdote. <laughs> Obviously, it being the YouTube comment section, yes. people kind of felt the need to follow up the anecdote. Oh, no. Uh, and one of, them, one of the comments was, uh, you are a pathetic little man. <laughs> <laughs> After this guy's really heartfelt um, story. Another comment was, wank it off, son. Um, oh, my God. And then another comment, though, my favorite one, was someone who had just obviously tried to write the word condolences <laughs> but missed off the e and a, and the s so and it was all in caps <laughs> so it just said condoling 
<laughs> and so I do a bit um, in Bug where I'm, I'm saying, well, that's like, that's that's what you need. That's the word you need. If yeah. you're ever in a difficult spot, funeral, whatever, you just go up to the person who's grieving, maybe surprise them even, go up behind <laughs> them and go, Condoling! <laughs> Job done. And then you walk away. You march off with a big it, smile on your face. It's, it's such force of the condolence. Yeah. that. And I'd... then someone on Twitter after I said that my dad had died on yeah. my podcast and I got some nice messages from people. Anyway, one of the early ones that I really liked was just some guy coming back with, Condoling! <laughs> Which is obviously a reference to Bug, but it really made me smile. Oh, that's really nice. Did you have any people who didn't understand? I've had experience of like friends who are not very good with death. Uh, no, there was a, there was a couple of funny moments with people who sort of saying, getting getting themselves in a total. Oh yeah, yeah. Twist, you know, <laughs> I quite enjoy that. Yeah, and saying, uh, oh my god, uh, I, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to bring it up. I'm oh god, uh, I'm making it worse. Listen, I'm so, I'm so I'm really really sorry. Oh, this is awful. And you know, and I was kind of, I could have stepped in a lot yeah, earlier no. probably, and I was enjoying it, and I was saying, don't be. Yeah, it's n- not in any way a problem. No, I didn't. People were really cool, and uh, and the funeral actually was great because a lot of my pals came. Some of them couldn't make it, but you know Joe was there with his family, and it was so good to see them. And a lot of my pals that my dad really liked, they made it, and it was it was a uh, really happy day in a yeah. funny way, you know. And everyone's nice, you know, everyone's being nice. It's like everyone just relaxes and takes a break and just goes, all right, listen, this is the deal. We're all in this shit together. uh, I've had some incredible conversations at funerals with relatives that you haven't spoken to properly, you know. It's like everyone goes, yeah, "Yeah, we're going to die, so let's let's talk. (laughs) You do get your movie moments at funerals, You do indeed, yeah. Yeah. Joe's mum said some... (laughs) I'm getting emotional thinking about it. But yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and people say really amazing things, which really stay with you. Yeah, a lot of my friends were there and at my dad's funeral, and I remember it It, it was such a celebration. And I, it, yeah, you know, it is a celebration of a life. And that's <laughs> What do you like crying in front of people? I'm better now. I think because I was 15, there was a lot of weird... I didn't cry at the funeral. Yeah. Because I just... I think I just could not compute what was happening to me. So, um... I think now, like, if I go to a funeral now, I am the person at the back, like, covered in mascara, like, proper, like, Spanish widow, like, oh, yeah, this is yours. But <laughs> then I was just like, what? And because it was so quick, I think, it's like, what happened to me is very unusual circumstances, because most people with cancer, they have time, they have treatment, like, it's a particularly weird, very fast thing, I guess. Yeah, now, now I would cry at the drop of a hat, especially at funerals. I've had to leave funerals because I'm crying more than the family. <laughs> one, <laughs> one I had to go, I can't You're deal with, like... Grant showboating Yeah, exactly. I was like, this is so <laughs> embarrassing. Like, I just just walked out for a bit because I thought, this isn't about you, but it was obviously making me so upset. And because when it, the further you are away from something, actually, the easier it is to cry, I've found. So the funerals I've gone to, I didn't know them so much. I can be very, oh, so sad. But when you're very close, it's like, I just can't even begin no. to open that box right now. So yeah. yeah, and it comes out in such weird ways. And, you know, as I, as I said on, on my podcast about Bowie, I think Bowie was the opportunity for the floodgates to really open. And With you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me to really feel like shit yeah I miss my dad and i wish he was around 
and it's so weird because you know we we didn't like see each other all the time or yeah. anything like that and he was uh, he, you know he was never it's not like we had big bonding chats the whole time i think it's the option exactly you That's just like I to feel. know they're right. and, it, yeah. and it was the same with bowie i don't know bowie i never met bowie I just like knowing he was around. Yeah, it's just just knowing he yeah. might do an album, like, and yeah. then sometimes he would, and it was like, oh, oh, that's nice, thanks, David. Not even do an album because I wasn't <laughs> fussed about a lot of the later ones. Oh yeah, that's but true. Um, even though the last one was, oh. I just wanted him to be having a nice life. I yeah. just wanted him to be happy. And I think that a lot with friends whose parents are still alive. And they'll say things to, I've had things said to me like, oh, well, we don't get on or I wouldn't mind. And, and I'm always very rueful of like, yeah, you will. <laughs> like, it's just the option. It's like, even if you hate your mum or dad, even if you don't speak to them, even if like they were awful to you, it's just knowing I could, I could fix this. Or I could talk to them or I could say that thing. It's, yeah, I think that's, that's the kicker, isn't it? It's just like. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think about all the ways that people can lose a person, I'm, I, I was very, very lucky, and yeah. um, and to there are so many. I mean, it's you still struggle with difficult and unpleasant feelings, even if you're in my sort of situation and it's all fairly conventional. But for people who've lost loved ones in in sort of shocking, surprising, unusual ways, yeah. or they weren't prepared for it, and and or there were other complicated circumstances around the death. I mean, I just don't know how they cope, and I, I, I uh, it must be very, very, very difficult. Yeah. Holy crap! How do they do it? I know, because you know how difficult it is anyway. But yeah. yeah, I've again experienced other awful funerals where it was much more sudden or much more awful, and it, yeah, it's I. You do think, God, it was bad. It's bad enough where I'm standing. <laughs> like, I suppose you just you just do, don't you? Just cope with your own circumstances. Do push it to one side, maybe, or. Yeah. Um, eat a lot of goo puddings <laughs> or I don't know. How do you feel about it at the moment? Do you feel like you've passed through a, a, a particular stage or do you feel... I heard Chris Hardwick on the Nerdist podcast. Oh, yeah. He's not my emotional guru, really. <laughs> I like the Nerdist podcast, but he's not my go-to guy for matters of the heart and the soul. But he was saying when he when his dad died and he was talking to someone else about dead dads and parents... He said, "Oh, you're you'll you're sad for two years, and uh, and then you remember how to be happy again." And I remember thinking, "I was like, that is the most glib, silly thing <laughs> I've ever heard." Um, no disrespect, Chris, but turns out he's right. Yeah, I think not that it's been two years, but you feel like there's a baseline of melancholy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the moment, it feels like it'll never go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I take comfort from the words of Chris Hardwick <laughs> <laughs> that um, maybe it will shift. I always say, I always say to people, the first year is the worst. Like right. the first year is definitely because it's just you're just reeling, you're just completely reeling, and then once you get through that first year, it does get easier. It's just. And then you look back and you're like, what just happened? Like, they are things you can't even remember because it's been so raw and so emotional. But yeah. And well, something I read, which I, I've, I think is very sad, but very interesting, is someone said, you have to go through each season without them. Mm -hmm. So it's like that human thing of like... Yeah, this time last year. Yeah, this yeah this time last year, or like the flowers come out. Oh, that oh yeah, they're not... Or it's hot. A reminder of future continuity as well as yeah. things that you shared in the past. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true, isn't it? And, and nature is comforting in that way. You sort of think, oh, all this is going to go on with or without me. Definitely. And it do, and I guess that's the thing with the seasons. It just does. The days just go on. You do yeah. just carry on. And I always say to people as well, like, if you uh, if you got dressed in the first year, congratulations. <laughs> like, I'm like, if you stood up, got dressed and left the house, like, you're winning. <laughs> if you can do that every day for the, or most days for the first year, just literally get up, then that's enough. Yeah, I mean, for me, because I, I guess because the because he was old and because he was with us for a while, that every stage we got used to, you know what I mean? So it wasn't... I did a lot of the adjustment last year, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. So it's course. not like I'm all over the place now. But it's just that, you know, I'm sad a lot more than I used to be. Yeah. But you can still get on with things and you can still be stupid and laugh at stupid stuff and do things that are bad for you i agree with you there's just a like a baseline in the background of sad yeah but your tune can still be happy but un- behind is like a do <laughs> like that's kind of always there yeah and also more obvious things like going into the room where he was yeah. and um hanging around there and looking at all his books and things like that and going through his stuff you know we had all this stuff the stuff is a oh big my. thing yeah he was a hoarder oh the hoarders so, so please don't hoard in this life is my advice yeah, to people. It's true. Don't but do the thing it. is that I'm a digital hoarder, so oh, there's not too God. much. I mean, there's quite a lot of uh, stuff, but most of most of the physical stuff can be fairly easily thrown away unless you're really into um, uh, concert laminates. <laughs> um, but he kept, you know, he's pre-digital, so everything was physical. There. Yeah. It was all. Uh, he took a lot of photographs, so there are boxes and boxes of slides. Yeah. I can't throw away slides. <laughs> I can't throw away photographs. I've got to go through them all. Yeah, you have to That's go through a whole, them. If I was to go through everything properly that he's yeah. kept, it would take about two years of yeah. nonstop work. Full-time job. A, yeah. yeah. And if I wanted to, I could be one of these people who... I mean, I guess if, if all the work dries up, then that's what I'll do. <laughs> go for if, it. If you, go and if you see me doing a Edinburgh show all about my dad with loads of slides, then you'll know that all my job offers dried <laughs> up and I spent two years just going through all this going stuff. Going through the slides. And it might happen. It's weird, but you, you feel like, I wish I could pay someone else to do this because yeah. I don't know how healthy it is as well. I think you have to choose the right time to do it. That's what I always right. say with the stuff is like, don't rush into the stuff. And, like, if you have to leave the stuff for a year, leave it for a year. Like, right. there is no rush on the stuff. I, me and my mum spent a long time very slowly going through things because it was just too much. I and felt like such a rotter throwing stuff away. Oh, though. you feel so guilty. You feel so guilty. And it's pointless. It's like, they're gone. They don't, like, yeah, photographs of a holiday in Australia in 1975. You don't want it. This, it's just flowers. And it's not, they're not even good pictures of flowers. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So you do, <laughs> you do have to start being... I think you have to keep that voice of what you would have said when they were alive, which would have been like, what is this crap and why have you got it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you then wouldn't. you look at some of your own crap and you think, I'm keeping that. Yeah. <laughs> why am I throwing this away? <laughs> anyway. And I think just choosing, I always think, choose a few things that are really that are so significant to you that they gave you and then be be honest. Like if it's just going to sit in a box, it's not. that's not healthy. I don't believe in throwing everything away, but I do think just wait, just put it, as long as it's in decent boxes and it's not in anyone's way mm-hmm. so that you can live your life and then it, you can every now and again look in that room and go, oh, there's, there's all those boxes I should do so. And then whenever you're ready, you'll get a day where you'll go, do you know what? I can face the photos today. It'll yeah, just I mean, I go, I've, yeah. Got, I've gone through some of them. 
and it is interesting and weird and you know and there's also the element of finding out certain things that you never knew oh yes the uh, surprise revelations yeah. that you get yeah and bits of the jigsaw falling into place in yeah. rather a alarming way and oh, i'm God. glad to say i haven't found anything out that's been profoundly shocking or upsetting but certainly a lot of surprising stuff and things that a lot of things that made me feel bad made me feel sorry for him you know yeah made me just think oh why didn't you say I you know, know. I, why didn't you say there's so much Wally, of why didn't you, you say know, you, yeah you just you you were dealing with all that shit that's what i'm i could have handled that yeah i dealt with other crap <laughs> it's odd it's I think also they've become so much more a person as well once you start going through this stuff. I found it's like to me it's they stopped being dad and became that person. That isn't anything to do with our relationship. Exactly. That was your other life. Right. Which I ignored because I'm a kid and I can't well, I don't care about that. It's yeah, boring. because you think that your parents pop into existence. <laughs> yes, when you do. To create you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, you know, they were very nice. They'd say things like that as well. Make yeah. me feel good. That's right. My but, life started when you yeah. came out. And then yeah, seeing their before life is which, again, I actually think can be very helpful because you start to sort of see their life and see the person they were and understand them better in a way that you just can't when they're alive. You just can't. Frustratingly and irritatingly. Mm. Do you think about your death now? Is it very prevalent in your mind? Uh, yeah, I really do a lot. Yeah, the morbid, morbid thoughts that happen. Yeah. And a couple of times last year, actually, I felt as if lying in bed... I felt as if I knew exactly what it was going to be like, and it and it scared me, and, yeah, it, and yeah. it, it made me panic. The the moment, but I don't think. Well, well, who knows? It didn't look like that with my dad, and actually, the business of being with him in those last months was very helpful from that point of view. Yeah, it does open your eyes to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, ma it made it less mysterious yeah. and less terrifyingly uh, nebulous. Yeah, that's very true, I think. You see the other side, and even yeah. though it is, even though it, there's awful to it, you also see how it, just how it works. Like learning to drive. It's like, oh, that's how it works. That's and what also, happens. one of the great things about humans, I think, is that you adjust and you recalibrate constantly. Yeah. And... I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing because it means that sometimes humans are capable of doing and being in situations that are appalling and creating those situations. And they recalibrate mm -hmm. so that they just think, oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not doing something that terrible. But on the other hand, when, when terrible situations are thrust upon them, they can also recalibrate and, uh, and adjust. The good thing is that you think you fear that you won't be able to deal with it, that you will be just ah, panicking. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of the time, and maybe that is the case for some people, but I think a lot of the time you, you just adjust and, and it's not so bad. And then you have people like, you know, pe people with belief systems and spiritual codes that prepare themselves, that, that, that um, enable them to prepare. Yeah. And... I think that's really a very useful thing about religion that I don't yeah, have. Personally. So useful <laughs> if you can if you can hold on to it, it yeah. really does help in those situations. But that is great. I mean, and you can tell yourself that you're, you know, you can say to these people, "Oh yeah, but you're lying to yourself. You're telling yourself fairy stories." So what? We're all telling ourselves all kinds of yeah. lies and fairy stories in order to get beyond things God, that are difficult. Absolutely. 
as long as you're not imposing them on other people or you're just being a total lunatic about it, what's the problem? And it is useful. I mean, I would like to... I, I feel like I want to read more about uh, how people approach death and because mm. I would love to have a system. I would love to plan it a bit. And I do know that some people do. I think George Harrison was someone who wanted to plan for it, to welcome it. Not to welcome it like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, but, but to say, not, oh, okay, you've turned not up. Not fight it. Yeah, yeah and um, to be at peace with it, you know, and to... Uh, and it feels... I don't know too much about George Harrison, but I'd like to find out more. And uh, <laughs> it feels as if he was one of those people who's who was able to do that, you know. Yeah, I think if you can come to some some agreement in your head about it and I think if you have experience in that way it does it does force those questions and if you haven't like I have friends who've had you know they've, their parents alive grandparents alive like even as they hit their 30s and I just think how can you get your head around it you can't it isn't till it's in your face that you go oh okay yeah. maybe I should think about that like uh, I think we're we're end on be prepared <laughs> be prepared be prepared for your always death. be prepared you know I think at least don't think be about frightened it. Yeah. obviously it is frightening but try and uh, don't run away from it I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I think I've got no fucking idea. I'll probably be one of those guys who's just screaming. Shit. <laughs> no! What? Help! Ah! Surely someone's got to be able to do something. And this is these drugs aren't working. I'm ah, I'm having strange thoughts. When that, when your spirit demon that you conjured comes to get you. Yeah, exactly. Ah, can, can anyone else see Blalas? Ah, he's in the room. I'd feel so bad if they were like, at the end of his life, he kept talking about Bladas, but no one knows why. And I'm like, oh, guys, podcast he did like 45 years ago. He really mentioned <laughs> his name sufficiently that Bladas was summoned from the netherworld. <laughs> Everyone knows that you should never say his name more than thrice. On a podcast. On That's a how podcast. he listens to podcasts. He's really into them, Bladas. He loves podcasts. Loves them. Anyway, Adam Buxton, thank you very much. Very, very much for talking to me. Thanks, Carrie. Grief. Edit out the stomach gurgles <laughs> and anything else that's too drippy. They're staying in. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Buxton, and he has his very own interesting podcast, which you can find on his website, adam-buxton.co.uk. Yeah, he put a hyphen in the hyperlink. Thank you for listening to Griefcast. I've been Carrie Lloyd. You can find me on Twitter at Lady Cariad or you can tweet at The Griefcast or email me thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music is provided by The Glue Ensemble and you can find them at thegluensemble.com. Thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.